Welcome to Axios Pro Rata, a podcast that takes just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. Sponsored by AT&T. I'm Dan Primack. On today's show, the truth behind Facebook's horrible, no good, very bad day, and why some of you, but only some, might soon be able to get a tax deduction for your gym memberships. But first, huge CEO pay in the era of income inequality. Now, all companies are publicly required to report how much their CEOs and other top executives get paid, both cash and stock. But it turns out those numbers can be pretty misleading because the companies only estimate the value of that stock. Axios reporter Bob Herman, who will join us shortly, is up this morning with an analysis that shows that CEOs running Fortune 500 companies last year took home 44% more than we thought which represents billions and billions of dollars. And the reason is because a lot of them sold shares in their companies at a higher value than what their companies had originally estimated. Now look, to be clear, this isn't about intentional deception. The companies don't know in January what the stock's gonna be worth in August. But it does mean that CEOs have effectively gotten huge, enormous raises, while ordinary worker salaries continue to stagnate. It's the sort of thing that could and to be honest, probably should, have a major impact in the midterm elections, as the benefits from last year's tax cuts so far have been almost all concentrated at the top. In 30 seconds, we'll go deeper on this with Axios's Bob Herman. But first, this from AT&T. Here's one big thing you need to know. Each year, over 2 million jobs go unfilled in this country. That's a big number. And the reason why is simple. There just aren't enough qualified candidates. AT&T is doing something about this with their Aspire program. Since 2008, Aspire has invested $450 million into education programs that help millions of students at home and around the world. Specialized programs, mentoring, investment, and resources bring opportunity to millions of kids who need it most. Stick around, and we'll tell you the way Aspire works. We're joined by Axios reporter Bob Herman, who today posted the CEO pay analysis. So, Bob, just to start, what prompted you to look at all of this in the first place? It's always been a labor of love to look at company proxy statements. So last year, I did something similar for Axios, except I limited it to my beat, which is healthcare. But this year, I thought, you know, let's look at the difference in pay between, you know, estimated fair value stock and then the actual realized gains of stock for a much broader base. So I looked at the S&P 500, it's a pretty big index. And I, I just wanted to see what I've always thought, which is these actual realized gains are often a lot bigger than what is usually reported in, in most media coverage. All right, so Bob, I'm not going to cast judgment on your labor of love comment there. I'm just going to let that kind of stand. But let me ask, I guess, this way. Do you feel, are the companies being deceptive here? I don't think they're being deceptive. They're reporting everything that's required by the SEC. I do think SEC requirements are, are probably misleading, though, because these numbers exist everywhere in every proxy document, but they're lower down, and it takes some calculations to do, and nobody's going to really take the time to do that. So the companies themselves, they're not being deceptive, but the structure of filing itself probably is deceptive because it does really underestimate how much CEOs and other executives are making. And these these deltas between how much they're saying they make and how much they ultimately make is huge. I mean, you talk about Reed Hastings of Netflix and say that the official kind of headline number was $24 million, but it was really 179. Who else was kind of up there in terms of real discrepancies? Right. So Reed Hastings was, was paid the most among S&P 500, uh, seven times more than what was actually usually reported. I mean, we look at the CEO of Google, Sinar Pichai, he had a fair value pay of about $1.3 million. He actually took home $132 million. 
same thing with Mark Benoff of Salesforce. He had fair value a little bit less than $5 million. He actually took home $116 million. This is across the board. There's tons of huge deltas out there. Apple, Tim Cook. Um, it didn't even show that he actually had any stock this past year, but he actually took home $102 million. So you're not going to just be finding just one CEO that's like that. They're, they're across the entire data set. But when you say that, you know, so you talk about Mark Benioff and Tim Cook and Google, and et cetera, this is all tech. Are we seeing more of these discrepancies in tech last year than in other industries? I guess kind of what industries are you seeing it more in and less and why? You're right. Tech is definitely a one area that you see this a lot more. Tech stocks have just gone through the roof. And it should be noted, like, this also makes some sense, right? 2017 was a, was a big, strong year for the stock market. So naturally, the CEOs are going to be making a lot more than probably what they thought. But it's, it's not just tech. If you look at big banks and other financial institutions like J.P. Morgan or American Express, Healthcare, which is my beat, you see this a lot too. Uh, I mean, you talk about uh, a lot of pharmaceutical companies like Regeneron, uh, health insurance company like United Health Group. It's not just refined to tech. It's it's pretty much any company in any sector that had a big year in 2017, and that was most. Yeah. Does it work in reverse too? In theory, in other words, if the market overall had declined 15, 20 percent last year, would you have seen them make actually take home less than what was reported at the beginning? Yeah, I definitely think you would see that, and in some regards, you you did see that last year with energy and utility stocks. Uh, not a great year for energy and utilities. So for many of those CEOs, they actually had actual pay that was less than the, uh, what was in the summary table. So it does work both ways. But in this instance, overall, it just happens to work a lot more in, in the other way. And finally, as part of this, corporate CEOs often are paid mostly in stock, or at least that's the, the guts of their compensation, whereas most of the rank and file either have no stock or get very little. For you, does it make sense that they should be paid mostly in stock? Is, is that, from your perspective, smart corporate governance? Is that good alignment of interests? That is really one of the big questions, because it does, if you're paying CEOs mostly in stock, it's what incentives are you creating? And really, if, if you're just paying in stock, the incentives that are created are let's get that stock price as high as possible to any degree that we need to do. So, I mean, you might see more financial gaming. You're going to want to do anything so that Wall Street views your stock in a better light. And is that the right thing to do? I don't know. From a corporate governance standpoint, like I get why you want to incentivize people for the long term, but just viewing everything through the lens of stock price, it's probably not the most appropriate measure because it, it's still a very limited thing. There, there are more important things than uh, whether someone's stock goes up or not. Thank you very much, Bob Herman, reporter at Axios. My final two on Facebook and what Congress is doing about your fitness fees is up in 30. Aspire supports organizations that make a real difference in kids' lives through mentoring and innovation and education. AT&T employees have invested more than 2 million hours of their personal time mentoring more than 260,000 students around the world through online mentoring and also in their own communities where they live and work. It matters because studies show that students who participate in online mentoring outperform their peers both emotionally and academically. AT&T is committed to preparing today's students for the jobs of tomorrow and creating opportunities for the next generation. Now it's time for my final two. And first up is Facebook, which lost a ridiculous $123 billion in market cap after reporting lower than expected revenue and user growth last night. Now for context, that is the same as losing three Twitters with a Snapchat on top. 
So two important things to note here. First, Facebook has been warning for months that its efforts to reduce fake news could eat into the top line. So maybe, even though it's a little bit perverse, this means its efforts on that front are actually working. But on the other hand, it's also a reminder that Facebook is part of a small group of tech companies that was almost single-handedly responsible for keeping the S&P 500 positive in the first half of 2018. And that line can be extremely tenuous. Facebook was a smaller piece of that, say, than Apple, But nonetheless, it is a piece. And if you get a couple bad earnings reports from just a couple companies, the entire thing can go south quickly. And finally, Republican Congressman Jason Smith of Missouri just sponsored a bill that would basically make gym memberships and other fitness expenses tax deductible, you know, up to a limit. The idea is basically to expand existing deductions, which right now only apply if you have a diagnosed condition, like, say, diabetes, where exercise is part of the prescribed treatment. What's notable about the bill, though, is it explicitly does not apply to what it calls, quote, workout books or videos. And Smith's spokesman tells me that those carve-outs also mean no deductions for those increased increasingly popular at-home workout classes that come via apps or streaming services like those Peloton bikes you see on TV all the time. For his part, Peloton CEO John Foley told me he and his company plan to lobby very hard to get their service and services like them included. It kind of seems like the sort of thing that could use a march so his users can get two things done at once. And we're done. Thanks to our producers, Adam Gracia and Tim Shovers. Be sure to follow us all day at Axios.com and have a great National Intern Day. We'll be back on Monday with another podcast.